0: welcome to the money mitch effect i'm your host mitch michaels thank you for joining me on this great post labor day edition where we talk about the nfl regular season got my boy ryan souls with me 2018 is here we've been doing this every year for a few now dating back to our college radio days he's calling in from chicago we break down every division we also talk about the cleo mac trade of the Bears. Try to figure out what the Raiders are doing, if the Bears are, are going to feel the effects of giving up two first-round picks. We break down every division race, both the AFC and NFC, and make our playoff and Super Bowl picks. Also some uh, some award picks down the road as well. It's the Money Mitch Effect 2018 NFL Season Preview with Ryan Soles. Let's start the show. Alright, it's that time of year again for the annual third annually, believe it or not, NFL preview on the Money Mitch Effect with Ryan Souls. We've been going back a little further than that, but Ryan, great to have you on the show again. Time to talk some NFL football. Man, I'm ready. The time is finally upon us. I'm happy to be here. Let's let's do it. Interesting year, interesting offseason, and I'd even say interesting 24 hours, which is what we've had happen. The biggest news before we get to the divisions and break down each team by team and then make our playoff and Super Bowl picks at the end of the show. Ryan Khalil Mack is now a Chicago Bear. We thought that a trade might happen in the last week or so, but realistically mm-hmm. did you actually think he'd get dealt it's stunning to see, regardless of what the hall is, that a peak defensive player in his prime would get traded. Yeah, and I
1: just I couldn't see that, especially him being an edge rusher, being an all pro at two different positions. It's just hard to see how you can let go of a guy like that in his prime when you're you're John Groot, you're trying to compete for a Super Bowl or so we think you are. And this is an integral piece, I think, you know, who's who's gonna try to help you take the next step and you trade up. Now who knows what these two picks pan out into, but we can almost guarantee that they're not gonna pan out into who Khalil Mac is.
0: Yeah, I and that's a good point that you're you're more than likely not going to get a Khalil Mack there the mm-hmm. only re- the, well, I'll put it this way, this was a, a very big haul even for a guy like Khalil Mack I, I get why the Bears are do, doing it I'll get on that in a second but it seems like it's irreparable damage to Khalil Mack like, I, I look at this trade and think that there is no way that the Raiders thought that they would ever get him back into the fold so they felt like uh-huh. they had to make this deal now I disagree that obviously I don't think that they should have ever let it get to that point, but when you reach that point of no return and it seems like it's going to be messy and it's going to take a while, then I could see the rationale of, all right, we got to count our losses and we have to at least end up with something. And and from what we both heard, the Bears were the only team willing to go this far to mortgage some some of their future to get Khalil Mack. So it it is a haul. I don't understand giving them back a second-round pick as well, but Mm – You still lost one of the best defensive players in football, definitely a top five in both of our opinions, so it's going to hurt them in the short term and probably the long term as well.
1: Oh, definitely, because, I mean, Bruce Irvin, who else is on that defense?
0: I mean, it's the secondary has been weak for years.
1: It has. It has. And, you know, my team, the Eagles, showed last year that if you have a solid front seven, it makes up for... A pretty mediocre secondary, which besides Malcolm Jenkins they were, and the Raiders, if which John Gruden wants to play from a point of being in a lead, he wants to play from ahead. Having somebody like Khalil Mack is even more crucial, but obviously they couldn't pay the math.
0: Yeah, well, I the Raiders are in disarray. We're gonna get to them later in the show, but for the Bears to make this deal, Ryan. Mm-hmm. It shows me a couple of things. One is they really they really are embracing the rebuild in terms of stockpiling as much talent as they can. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I thought about the Bears was how this is a great move because you have a rookie quarterback. Whether or not we think Trubisky is going to be great, he's on a rookie deal. This is that Seahawks-Russell Wilson model where you can afford to take these chances and then, as they did, give Khalil Mack a big deal, six years, $141 million. So I get that strategy And I actually do really agree with it.
1: Yeah, I do too. And I think this is kind of the beginning of the the quote-unquote plunge where you got, like you said, a quarterback on a rookie deal. You try to plunge and put a lot of high-dollar value players around him. And I think they're starting on defense first. I I think they're going to expect to compete this year, especially with that defense. But I think they'll start trying to build the offense and maybe – in the next couple years, uh, try to make a serious run before they have to pay Mitchell Trubisky big money if he does pan out. I will say this, though. You know, the first thing you thought about, you said, was how Khalil Mack is going to help the rookie quarterback. The first thing I thought was Leonard Floyd, Danny Trevace, and Roquan Smith, and Khalil Mack as your 3-4 linebacker core. court. And if Roquan Smith pans out to potentially, you know, be the best defensive player in the draft, him and Bradley Chubb, that Bears defense could really, really be intimidating come come October, November. Aaron Rodgers got to see him twice a year. Kirk Cousins got to see him twice a year. Matt Stafford got to see him twice a year. And I don't think they're a rollover if that defense plays to its potential.
0: And yeah, the Vikings defense sick as well. Rodgers is going to have to face some. Some great defenses in that division twice a year. Yeah. Also, you don't want to raise another one. I <laughs> yeah. also want to point out, oldest Chicago Bear ride, it's Chase Daniel, 31 years old. So this is one of the, the probably the youngest team in the NFL building for the future. So I like what they're doing there. All right, let's talk about our NFL preview. 2018 is back. Eagles are the defending Super Bowl champs. But as is the case every year in the NFL, We always feel like it's wide open, and there's a lot of teams that can make a run. We certainly didn't think the Eagles were going to make that run last year. So it is possible in this sport, maybe more than any, that a team can make a deep run and maybe even contend and win the Lombardi Trophy, be the Super Bowl champ. We'll start in the AFC East, a team that lost the Super Bowl last year, the New England Patriots. But it's been a, a, a mainstay. They've dominated this division, Ryan. It's pretty ridiculous how they've been able to do that in the salary cap era of the NFL. I want to ask you this question. Is there any scenario where they don't win this division this year, given the fact that all these teams in the division, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Jets, are in a state of rebuild, depending on how you believe in it, how it's going. But the Pats have three receivers on their roster. Brady's 41 years old. There is really no true backup other than Brian Hoyer that you feel like you're going to give the keys to. Any scenario where they don't at least win the division or get threatened a little bit?
1: I mean, I think barring injury. I don't see any situations where they don't. I think
0: a major piece would
1: have to go down for something like that to happen. I think no one's really talking about this, but I think if Sony Michelle stays healthy, that's really going to protect Tom Brady and that offense because outside of Gronk, you know, they're going to have Edelman back after four games, but outside of Gronk, they're kind of limited from a weapon standpoint. And I think Sony Michelle is going to help, and no one's really talking about it.
0: Yeah, and Rivers, that DN that they drafted last year from Youngstown State towards ACL in the preseason last year. Oh, yeah, okay. And if he comes back healthy, that's another gun they didn't have last year. So that's somebody else mm-hmm. in a pass rush, which they desperately needed, obviously, last year. I'm just curious, and I do agree. I mean, there, there really isn't a threat yet. These other teams aren't along the uh, along the way enough yet. But what are they going to do with that passing attack? They lost to Amendola. Edelman suspended for the first couple games. This seems to me... Like they might need to make a trade or pick someone off in the next, you know, twenty-four hours, forty-eight hours off waivers because they've got to address that.
1: I mean, I definitely think they have to address that, and, and I think this has been the team, you know, over the years that has done more with less. And I think we've talked about a few years, um, not really the last two years, but some years previous to that, the Patriots coming in with not really any big-name receivers and. I think this year is kind of different, though, um, because of the age of some guys, because of how different the defense is in past years. They're not a dominant defense, so I definitely need to address it. But, you know, you hear so much about how complex the route tree is for the Patriots, and I think it takes a certain receiver you got to bring in. Uh, Eric Decker couldn't cut it. He couldn't separate. I think from a mental standpoint, he probably could get everything. But, you know, the way they talk about New England and their offense, you know, you at least have to have some sort of athleticism. And getting rid of Eric Decker, I really don't know who else is out there. I don't see them going after Des Bryant. So I don't know. I don't know. Let's
0: we'll see what happens there. If we're talking about the next best team in the division, Ryan, I think mm-hmm. it might be the Jets. I think so. I'm looking at the Dolphins. I think they're a disaster um, in terms of what their personnel is like. The Bills, they made the playoffs last year. It was kind of fluky in my opinion. I do think Allen's had a good training camp and is probably gonna, you know, be the guy for them going forward. But what the Jets have been able to do and how Darnold's looked, quite honestly, I think this might be the next best team in this division. I think so too,
1: and I think the the biggest thing to me, you know, outside of how well Darnold looked is there were no expectations for that team last year. People thought they may be the worst team in the NFL and they squeaked out five games. Uh and I think they just they played hard for Todd Bowles. And I think you add a competent quarterback who really all you need him to be this year is Chad Pennington. And if he can be Chad Pennington, the the Jets could win more than five games, I think.
0: Yeah, I I see what you're saying there. I I think his arm is definitely bigger than Pennington. I think he's gonna oh absolutely. Some, I think he's going to make some mistakes, but I, I think I, I just like the talent. I, I do kind of like the talent around him in, in contrast with the other teams in this division. And I think Darnold is look. They traded away Teddy Bridgewater, who had a good camp too, because they believe in this guy and what he's been able to do. There's a real pocket presence with Darnold. I wanna say also before we move to another division, Ryan, I'm a really big fan of this Q B class early. Of this rookie Q B class. I think there's a lot of depth here, top down.
1: Yeah, I think there can be. I, I you know, we heard good things about Allen and Camp, but I wasn't a fan of his play in the preseason, so I think the jury's still out on him for me. To be honest, I haven't watched a ton of um Rosen, the the quarterback out of the Cardinals, but Baker has, um, you know, and I was—I don't want to say I was down on Baker, but I just need to see more on Baker. Baker's impressed me, and Darnold's definitely impressed me. And you know, Lamar Jackson—I think to a lesser extent—I think you know his ceiling's a little higher than both of those guys, but the floor uh, is a little lower too. So yeah. I, I, I would say I'm definitely impressed, but I, I still need to see a little more.
0: Well, well, that's a good segue. We'll move to that AFC North where two of those rookies are. And I do agree that Lamar Jackson might have more potential than some of these guys, but I think that is a clear example of you need to sit and learn more. He he needs that time to study, to basically be in training. And I agree, and and we've talked about this before. I think a lot of these rookie QBs could benefit from not playing. Baker Mayfield being one of them with the Browns, and you know how bullish I, I am about the potential of this team to do something. I think you got Tyrod Taylor. I think you have... A a, a promising defense, a beast in Miles Garrett, but Baker Mayfield has no need to play this year with a line that's still kind of suspect, and a team that, I'll put the over, I mean I'll put it right at about six games for the Browns, I think that's where they're at, I think that's obviously a great improvement, but I wouldn't rush, I wouldn't rush things, I wouldn't sign Des Bryant, I wouldn't start Baker Mayfield, I think six wins is about standard, about to be expected, and if Baker does play, it certainly shouldn't be at least till the second half of the season.
1: Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Excuse me, I think you have to see, you know, some pretty bad results from Tyrod through the first, you know, you can name the amount of games, so maybe the first six or seven games to, to give Baker uh, his shot, but I agree, I, I'm a fan of letting uh, these quarterbacks sit, especially the ones who weren't thrusted into a NFL type offense in college. I think they still need some time to, to learn the speed. They'll learn the playbook some more.
0: And I don't know if you heard what Pat Mahomes said. Where, and, and we'll get to their division in, in a little, but he said, you know, it took him like half of like last year to really identify, like just basically being able to point out the mic consistently and understand the playbook. And this is a guy that's been tearing it up, but he needed that year. So I think mm-hmm. that's where you yeah. got that benefit uh, as well. Uh, I am excited about the Browns. I'd like to see Josh Gordon back and, and know that I could count on him a little bit. But the biggest takeaway to me is I'm confident in this defense, Ryan, and Miles Garrett is just an absolute stud.
1: He is. I mean, he he is a a freak of nature athletically. He takes care of his body. I think his defense is going to be, can has the potential to be ferocious. I think, you know, the unfortunate loss of Kendricks, you know, with the whole insider trading thing, yeah, I think could have been yeah, really weird. I think he could have really helped, but no, Miles Garrett is, is promising.
0: And they couldn't and they couldn't bust him when he was on your Eagles. They had to wait till he was on the Browns, right? Like that. exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the rest of this division, well, I do think the Browns could make it interesting. I don't really see division champ potential. I think that's being safe and, and not really going out on a limb there. You could make a case for the other three teams, I think, given the fact that the Steelers, while they have all that talent, they're getting older. Ben's, you know, pushing forward, getting into his late 30s at this point. There's the drama with Le'Veon Bell saying he's not going to be there and not really ever trusting that defense. Is there anything with the Ravens or Bengals that can knock the Steelers off that pedestal? The Bengals maybe have gone under the radar a little bit because everyone's written them off so much. And the Ravens add Lamar Jackson. They add some pieces. They're trying to get better. Alex Collins had a nice year. You buying any of these teams, or is it still the Steelers' division?
1: I still think it's the Steelers' division. Uh, I just think they're they're too loaded on offense. I think, like you said, no one's really talking about the Bengals. It'll see how, how they are with Mixon uh, fully in the fold. I still don't trust Andy Dalton, and I still only trust Marvin Luster to, to a certain point. I think there could be a lot of a lot of choppy waters in Baltimore just because I think there's gonna be a, a lot of unsureness when it comes to people's jobs like Harbaugh and, and Flacco as well. So I, I think, you know, they, they he's gotta play well and maybe they'll both respond to that pressure, but I think this is Pittsburgh's division league
0: Yeah, Baltimore I'm not buying. The defense just hasn't really been there and Flacco hasn't played well in the years. You could show me a roadmap to where it's the Bengals. But it takes a lot of Pittsburgh struggling, some internal strife, and the line. That's where it comes to me offensively because their skill players are too good. But the one advantage Cincinnati does have is that D-line. It's still nasty after all these years. So maybe, but it's probably not going to happen. We know the NFL, it's a couple injuries, it's a couple misfortunes, anything's possible. I'd say maybe a 1-4 in chance if I wanted to put a number on it. But, yeah, th- this division, I also do think it's not as good as it's been in years past at the top. The Browns are going to pick up the bottom load of this division, but I don't think it's quite as good, Ryan, as other years of the AFC North.
1: No, I I agree. I agree 100%. And I think they'll, they'll always beat each other up because that's the nature of the rivalries in that division. But in terms of from a talent perspective, I don't think it's as good as it has been in previous years.
0: All right, Money Mitch Effect moving on to another division in our 2018 NFL preview, the AFC South, which I got to say, I we thought we laughed at this division for years. It's pretty good now. Like, you could, you could argue, you, you could make a realistic case that three, maybe four, depending on how Andrew Luck does, can make a run at a playoff spot. I want to start with the Colts because I do think they're the worst team in this division, but depending on how Luck looks when he gets back, That four might not be so low. If there's one thing I'm rooting for, Ryan, in terms of not just rooting for a team to win, obviously my team to win, it's just I want to see Luck back playing good football because we're already forgetting the fact that he was a top-five quarterback consistently for a couple years before he got hurt.
1: Right, and uh, you know, regardless of how much I I like Jalen Ramsey, I definitely do not think Andrew Luck is overrated. I think more than... um, the playing well, though, I just want to see him healthy. Like, I just want to see him make it through 16 games. If he still has a high interception, you know, ratio or touchdown interception ratio, okay, I'll live with that. But, you know, he, he was almost in a position where he might not play football. So I just want to see him make it through a season. Uh, and then let's just go from there. I think if he plays well, I think we could see Ty Hilton explode like he did uh, a couple years back. I still worry about this defense though, and the Texans, Jaguars, and Titans have solid defenses. So the Colts definitely are going to be picking up the load uh, at the bottom of this division. But like you said, it hinders on Andrew Luck. But I just I want to see him make it through
0: the year the rest of this division I'm glad you mentioned Ramsey because I do (laughs) I do appreciate trash talk and think he's a great player but some of it's getting ridiculous and and some of it's even branching out for football I don't know if you saw that quote where he said he's never been ice skating but he thinks he can make the NHL if he had six years of training
1: (laughs) wow (laughs) I did not see that at all (laughs) I,
0: I appreciate the bravado I do but the jaguar's defense is unquestionably unbelievably loaded. Mm-hmm. That said, th- this division is no longer lockable to the sense where it's not like the patriots in the in the AFC East. I think the Titans and the Texans with Deshaun back are formidable foes. I'm still picking the Jags to win this division, but I do worry a little bit about that, maybe that fatigue factor. This is a younger team that hadn't really experienced success. They made the AFC Championship game. They were in a tight one in the fourth quarter. Do you think that's a realistic possibility that the Jags could could have that little bit of a hangover going into this year?
1: Well, I definitely think they could take a step back, but I don't think it'll necessarily be a hangover. I think that defense is still going to play well. My issue still is like portals and they're married to him now because they extended him. So he, if they're going to try to play like they did you know, last year where they give Blake Bortles easy throws, you don't ask him to necessarily win a game for you, then they may get as far as they did last year. But I think at a certain point you're going to have to ask Blake Bortles to win you a football game, especially if you can't run the ball with Leonard Fournette, if they're just putting seven, eight guys in the box and making Blake Bortles beat you. And if he can't beat you, they're only going to give it so far. So I wouldn't necessarily call it a hangover. I just don't trust Blake Bortles.
0: Yeah, with Fournette, who was also injured a little bit last year, if he comes back healthy, that could be a game-changer. The Marquise Lee injury sucks. That just There's no way around it. That's that's a that's a big blow for that team. You don't necessarily need Bortles to be Rodgers or Brady. But I don't like the idea that oh he just has to be Alex Smith. Alex Smith is a pretty good quarterback too. So just to say oh just be like that like it it's it's hard to say that as well. I think there is a roadmap for the Jags losing this division and it probably goes through Blake Bortles. But at the same time, I'll admit where I was wrong. He wasn't a total disaster last year. He was he was okay. And maybe that's all. He you need. Maybe that's all you need with this defense and this running game.
1: Maybe, but they also lose a receiver. So, I don't know. I, I think he was okay because I think they put him in positions where he wasn't going to have to make long throws down the field. You can script plays to get certain guys open so he has easy throws. You put him in bootleg so he only has to read one side of the field. But I think in terms of, quote-unquote, what they say, open up the offense and think like portal is going to win you games,
0: you got to rely on the
1: running game and the defense. And... If they lose, I think it'll be because
0: of him. I look at the other two teams that make run, that can make runs at this division, and there's a lot of talent, but there's also some serious flaws too, which is why I think this will be a wide-open race, also in the AFC for the playoff spots. Deshaun Watson being back for the Texans, great. Their defensive interior is great. They're a little thinner on the secondary, and I don't know how they're going to run the football in Houston. For Tennessee, it's it's the same questions. Can you surround – Mariota with enough talent they added Deion Lewis they have Derrick Henry as the bell cow they have a passing game that they can rely on receivers that they can rely on and is the secondary in Tennessee any better than last year that said they made the second round of the AFC playoffs Ryan, what do you think about these two I think supremely talented but also kind of flawed teams
1: so I'm always kind of middle of the road on Tennessee Mariota to me I don't think he'll lose you games, but I just haven't seen enough from him to where I think you can just put the team on his back. I think that team just... I think they had a decent schedule last year. I think they played well, but I'm still not completely sold on Tennessee just yet. I think if Houston keeps everyone healthy, especially that defense and, and Deshaun Watson, I think this team could be dangerous. I think you know we saw what happened when Deshaun took over uh, from Tom Savage last year before he got hurt. You know, we heard what Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas said about him. And I think if he stays healthy and continues, if he has any sort of Carson Wentz second year, look out. Because I think this is the team that could surprise people from this division. If, if everything goes right.
0: I think they could. I think the potential is also there to miss the playoffs, which is why we love following these divisional races. And the Titans are maybe a little more on the playing side. I wouldn't say boring, but not as flashy. And, and middle of the road is a good way to put it. But that could be good enough to make the playoffs if you bear down. They beat it the Jaguars be. last year too, so um, huh? it will be interesting. The AFC West might be my favorite division to talk about, Ryan, because now we kind of know what the floor is and the Raiders. I so just want to get them out of the way first. I don't know mm-hmm. what John Gruden's doing. And it's not just... Not at all. Mack, but the rest of this roster, I I don't get it. I don't get why they didn't address certain needs. I don't get um, what their game plan is going to be on offense. I don't know if Gruden had been in a booth for nine years, is going to be able to adapt to the new NFL. I feel pretty confident that this is the worst team in this division.
1: You know, that that's interesting because... Something tells me that you might be right, but I think we still need to see more from Case Keenum and we'll get okay. to the Broncos. But I think yeah. going back to the Raiders, though, I think it's a little easier to see what Gruden's trying to do on offense. I think he's just trying to get high – what he thinks are high IQ skill position players for his system – That he can get in positions to just get open and make plays, and I think he trusts Derek Carr enough as a quarterback to be able to do that. I think they're anchored by Rodney Hudson in that line. I think he feels like he'll be able to protect Derek Carr, and all of them are smart enough football players to be able to execute what he wants to do on offense. On defense, I have no clue what they're going what they're going to be like. No idea. I I can see the Raiders putting up a bunch of points just because. They're all going to buy in to John Gruden because they grew up, a lot of them, especially the younger players, seeing John Gruden in a booth or seeing the fiery John Gruden coach, you know, those Raiders and uh, Bucs teams. So I think they might buy into the mysticism of Gruden this first year and may, maybe play a little bit better than themselves. So I could see that because he knows how to get a lot out of his players. The Chargers are always a sad story, so that's why I can't say the Raiders are the worst in the division
0: right now. Really? I, 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 yeah. <laughs> so Chargers, not Broncos. Now, I think the Chargers, Ryan, have a lot of talent. I mean, I know they blow games a lot, but if we're talking year on the surface.
1: Say, you say this every year.
0: L.A. looks good. Um, <laughs> we do say this every year.
1: Every year. Phillip Rivers, so, I mean, he, he, he lights it up every year. I and mean, just they, they, They're they trashed.
0: <laughs> can I say that? defensively, is there a better combination of edge rushers in the league? In the league, your honest opinion, than Boaslin and Melvin? Melvin I yeah. don't think so. Okay. And so now, I, I really yeah. don't.
1: And by the end of the year, it might be Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, but right now, yeah. nothing better than Bosa and Ingram.
0: And even with, even with the injury, who is it, Verrett, who got hurt this year for the Chargers? The quarterback. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. They still have Hayward. They still have some beasts in their secondary. They still have some offensive weapons. Mike Williams looks like he's going to gonna have a year as well. I, I like this team. I like the Chargers. I think the Chargers and the Chiefs are at the top of this division. I think Denver, to me, is third because when I look at Denver, and I know everyone has their doubts about Case Keenum, but Case Keenum made big plays last year, and he played better than Blake Bortles last year. It's not even in that same that same realm for me. Keenum made plays. He made the the most famous one against the Saints, but... This is a defense that will also be absolutely nasty. So I think when you have a defense that good, in addition, like the difference with the Raiders to me, Ryan, their receiving core let them down. They went into a lot of games knowing they had to score and they had to score quicker. They were going to be down in a hurry, and that messes with your whole game plan, your whole psychology as an offense. It's something about Denver where I don't think, I know last year was a disaster, but they just needed something. They got absolutely nothing out of that quarterback position. So now at least they have something.
1: Yeah, and and I hear that totally. And I mean and I'm not down on Case Keenum to like a Blake Bortles perspective at all. I wasn't trying to make it seem that way. I just think that Case Keenum he's gotta prove that with the reins, with knowing that okay, you're not a backup, you're a starter, what are you going to do? And we haven't seen that transferring to a brand new team. So that'll be really interesting to me.
0: Are you buying the Chiefs now as being better than they were going into last season? I know this is the Smith Mahomes factor, but there's some other pieces as well to deal with. Do you think the Chiefs are are better than advertised? Do you think Mahomes is going to be the real deal and, and step in right away and perform at a high level?
1: So I think I think Andy Reid's going to have a lot of tricks up his sleeves for you know weird motions and, and packages that'll surprise some people. But you know we were talking about this earlier. Alex Smith is is a good quarterback and he knows how to make checks at the line of scrimmage. He knows how to get you in and out of different plays, which Andy Reid really likes because you can be an extension of him on the field. I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is there yet. I think Patrick Mahomes, from an athletic standpoint and, you know, making a couple reads can execute some of the Andy Reid concepts, but I think from, you know, getting, Changing plays at the line of scrimmage, audibles, things like that. A lot of the things that we saw Alex Smith do, that might take some time. So I think we could see Kansas City start well and then regress to the mean when there's some some tape out on them.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think a fair take on this Ryan would be it might be a step backwards before taking two steps forward because there's a mm-hmm. lot to like about his game and about how he. I mean, he's got an absolute cannon of an arm. And I think yeah. Reed has to kind of figure out how to use him because it's been a while since he's had somebody, you know, different than Alex Smith that he could work with. So there might be, I'd say there might be some growing pains early, but I do think that there's a lot to like about Mahomes. His defense is still good, and I trust Andy Reed as a play caller as much as anyone. So another fascinating division race in the AFC. We'll get to our playoff mm-hmm. picks at the end of the show, but I want to talk about the NFC now and the Money Mitch effect. The NFC East, your Eagles win the Super Bowl. But I have to come out and say it: this quarterback decision is fast. This quarterback debates last decision is fascinating with me, given the health of Carson Wentz, Foles winning a Super Bowl, but also not really looking great in the preseason. How do you think it's going to play out, Ryan, at quarterback for the Eagles? When will Wentz play? What's that going to look like? Will there be any drama whatsoever?
1: So here's my thing, and I think I don't know how other Eagles fans. Feel about this, but I think it is so much easier than people are making it realize, or people are making it out to be. Carson Wentz does not need to start week one. Bottom line, I think you play Nick Foles. He won a Super Bowl MVP. I think you rely on the the masterful defense that Jim Schwartz coached. I think you 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 pound that rotation of that of those nine defensive linemen and those linebackers. And you aim to get Carson Wentz back October 7th in Minnesota because you got Atlanta, you got Tampa Bay, you got Indianapolis, and you got Tennessee. I think you could very well come out of that two and two and you get Wentz back when the bullets really, really, really start flying because this has been a weird preseason for a lot of teams where we didn't see the traditional week three dress rehearsal from a lot of teams. Mm -hmm. But I think. I think a lot of teams are going to be using the first four weeks of the regular season as a second preseason. So there's no sense to me in rushing Carson Wentz back at all. Let Nick Foles play and aim to have Wentz back for the Minnesota game uh, on October 7th. That's my opinion.
0: Wentz is still super young. Foles can clearly hold the fourth down. That's an understatement of the year. And there's still so much talent on the defense. Like mm-hmm. this division is also not very good. It's another one where it's kind of like the Pats and the Steelers. I don't know what the roadmap is for the Eagles not to win it, given some of these other teams. And and I agree with you. What what? Even if it's a little too cautious, I would say still, let Wentz rest. Wait till Minnesota. Give him a couple weeks to find his footing. It's a heck of a lot different doing drills and feeling good on that practice field than getting hit, getting rushed by <laughs> by God. Well, definitely.
1: That. So. And there's a big difference between being cleared for 11-on-11 11 11 and being cleared for contact. He's cleared for 11-on-11. 11 11. He's still not cleared for contact yet. So there's no way I want to go from not being cleared for contact to starting week one. There's no way.
0: So here's another thing that I think will make you feel a little better, Ryan. I think the Cowboys are going to be pretty bad this year.
1: Oh, see, I, I'm i scared to death of Dallas. Man. Really? Now,
0: I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't say pretty bad, but I'd say, like, Seven and nine, eight and eight. Yeah, I think they're better than Washington this year.
1: And see, I've kind of been reserved. I, I, because I, you know, we text a decent amount, and I haven't talked about Dallas a a ton. But I'm scared to death of Dallas, dude. And yeah, because even before coming out, I really believe in Ezekiel Elliott. Had the Eagles ended up with Ezekiel Elliott in that draft, I would not, I would not have been upset at all. I think that defense for Dallas can be. Gary. I think you got Randy Gregory coming back. He looked ridiculous in the preseason. Demarcus Lawrence on the other side. Sean Lee, if he stays healthy. Uh, I think, yeah, it is a big if. I think if this team can manage time of possession, pound the football with Ezekiel Elliott, and play solid defense, I think this team can be trouble for anybody. Uh, And God forbid this team get Earl Thomas.
0: Well, we're reaching now because I mean I don't I think that's always a possibility, but yeah. there's no intel that that's nearer to happening. No, not at
1: all. And I mean that was that's hyperbole, obviously. No, I but just, I don't I don't think this team is going to be bad, so to speak.
0: My counter to that would be probably first off Jason Garrett, <laughs> second mm-hmm. off that passing game, which I don't know who they're really throwing the ball to. Zeke is a stud; that line's great, but. They were pretty one-dimensional a lot of last year. And I do think that they're a little weaker on the secondary. You highlighted their, their, their rush, that edge rush. But I mean, there's some suspensions to deal with. There's issues there. I just don't have as good a feeling about the Cowboys this year. I do think the Giants will be better with Saquon. I, I don't know how much better, but not mm-hmm. just a complete laughing stop. I think the second-best team in this division is probably Washington. I think you add Alex Smith there. We know what he could do. He wins regular season games. I think the passing attack will be improved. Even with the injury to Geis in the preseason, they could do a running back by committee and defensively there's some pieces in this defense. I still think it's the Eagles division by a by a significant margin. But I'd say Redskins number two at the moment for me.
1: You know, they could be. I mean that's interesting. And I I think I kinda I'm putting those other three teams besides Philly on not necessarily equal playing field, but very, very close together because I think with the Redskins, I'm not 100% sold on Jay Gruden yet, but I do like Alex Smith. I don't know how I feel about Adrian Peterson in this lineup, but I think he'll get a lot of carries. They'll be able to dictate a little bit of the pace. But in terms of just going out and just dictating, you know, offensively winning a game, I don't know how much I trust them yet. I think um, the Giants have probably the most upside. Besides the Eagles, because of Saquon and locking up Odell, mm-hmm. and I think they believe in Eli Manning, considering that they kept him another year and didn't draft a quarterback.
0: Well, yeah, he's got to perform at an advantage, so we'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting battle again in this NFC East with the Super Bowl champs in there. Um, the North, Ryan, the NFC North. Mm-hmm. We talked about the Bears, like what they're doing. Don't think they're ready yet. Lions. Every year we spend about a minute talking about how Stafford's going to throw the ball, but it's the same old Lions that have defensive issues, and and maybe they'll get somewhat of a running game, but probably not. So it is probably a two horse race again, right? The Vikings and the Packers, like it's been for the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and I think it, it's a two horse race. Surely, the fact that Aaron Rodgers I mean, is Aaron on Rodgers, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think from a roster standpoint it ain't even close. I mean Minnesota's great, Florida's, right? Like that is that might
0: be is that Is it fair to say that that might be your favorite maybe my favorite roster top to bottom in the NFL? 1 to 50. Oh, definitely.
1: Definitely. I mean 1 to 53, that that roster is stacked.
0: It is stacked. I would so. say Kirk Cousins on Minnesota. Kind of, I mean, definitely a lot of pressure given the money that he got taking over a team that made the NFC Championship game, replacing a quarterback that was beloved with the throw he made and with some of the plays he made down the stretch. But Delvin Cook's back, that defense is probably better than it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. There's something really scary about this team. I know there's that Rodgers factor. There's the fact that he can win a game and, and he's dangerous at all times. But for Green Bay to actually win this division, I'm not talking about, I mean, getting a wild card and doing damage in the playoffs is one thing, but for them to be the better team after 16 games is kind of a tall ask for me.
1: I agree. I agree. I I think that's a big ask. I, I don't know if it's possible to be honest with you.
0: Green Bay's defense needs to make even more strides. And they need to get some semblance of a running game to beat a team like Minnesota. They can they can probably beat 75% of the teams alone in this league on Rodgers just being great. But that mm-hmm. that in and of itself is probably not good enough to beat the Vikings if you can't run the football, if you can't stop Minnesota from going on these Kirk Cousins five, six-minute drives where they're just keeping Rodgers on the sideline. And that's what I think they're going to have an issue with all season.
1: Exactly. I mean, and I think... It's keeping Rodgers on the sideline, and I think also even when Rodgers is in the game, besides Jimmy Graham, who are you really trying to take away? You know, you can play everybody man-to-man. I don't think you're you're keying in necessarily on anybody. So I think Rodgers and, you know, the systems they run in Green Bay is not like New England where they run plays to get you open. They're, they're re- relying on the talent of Aaron Rodgers, and if his guys aren't open or not playing well, a lot of their success is going to be hinged on that no matter how well Aaron's playing.
0: I want to save some some of this for the playoff picks at the end of the show, but we'll get to that. Uh, I want to move now on the Money Mitch Effect with Ryan Souls to the NFC South. Maybe my favorite division to follow year in, year out. I just feel like there's always a competition level at the top. This is a deep division minus, of course, the Buccaneers, who... I know we like to talk about who might be the worst team in the league. I really think this might be the worst team in the NFL.
1: Really? You think they're worse than Miami?
0: We'll see. The, the Jameis factor, he's not playing for four games. The team soured on him. He's not really been acting like a professional. And they this is the last year on the books. Coupled with the fact that Dirk Cutter has not shown me much as a quarterback. As a coach, excuse me. I, I don't... It's close. Probably the two teams in Florida. It probably is, but... Yeah, I just I, I don't in this division. Given what you've seen, is there, there's not really much to like about this team.
1: No, not at all. I mean, there, there's really not much at all to like, and I think it has a lot to do with the roster of the Buccaneers, but I think it has even more to do with the other teams they got to play in that division because yeah. the the rosters just top to down, they're top top down on the other three teams in that division are just so much better.
0: So I'll ask you this though: Who's your favorite team? going into this season who are you most optimistic about in this division everybody plays musical chairs and it should be noted Ryan that the winner of this division maybe means more than the other divisions because you might get a bye if you're a wild card you might get you know you might have to avoid playing a tougher team that home field is huge it's not just enough to get into the playoffs we saw what happens when the saints won the division and got the panthers at home didn't have to go to philly and you know lose like the falcons did yeah.
1: My favorite out of this, I think, is still the Saints. I think, I think they're primed right now to to really go for a run. Prime with Kamara and Michael Thomas and Drew Brees playing well, and saying that he wants to try to play for a long time. So I think he's committed. You know, they can protect uh, the quarterback as well. The defense played well last year. Sean Payton still an, an incredible offensive mind in this league. So I think it's going to be tough sledding always because. The NFC South is just a tough division, but my favorite out of here is definitely the Saints because I just think top to bottom in all three phases, they're just they're a complete football team.
0: That Bridgewater move is, as you said, for the future. I think it's a great move too. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting, man. I like the Saints too. I think they're they drafted Davenport in the first round. They moved up to get him. They got aggressive. They they mortgaged some of their future, but. You don't know how long Breeze is going to be around for. Even with Bridgewater now in the back pocket, you want to—you don't get windows that long in the NFL. You have to take advantage. No, you don't. And I think that's what they're doing. Kamara has been a beast. We'll see how he progresses when Ingram comes back. That's as dangerous as a one-two punch as there is in the NFL. The Panthers and Falcons, both of those teams have a shot again to make the playoffs, but again it wouldn't surprise me based on the tough toughness of this division and just how fortune can go in the NFL if either miss the playoffs too because Atlanta, I see all the signs for just another letdown for this team. Julio Jones, not a happy camper. They haven't really addressed some of their defensive issues in the past couple of drafts. Wouldn't surprise me if they took a step back. The Panthers to me it's all about a couple of things. One being do you have enough skill guys on that offense to supplement what Cam Newton wants to do? I know McCaffrey's looked great. Can you have a good passing attack for the first time in a while? And what's that defense going to look like? I, I did want to ask you though, and then I'll actually talk about these other teams, Ryan. But why do you think everybody, including former teammates, dislikes Cam Newton?
1: You know I, that that's interesting. I really don't know. I think I mean Benjamin a lot of people played
0: with him and doesn't like him like I don't I, I it's not the first guy to have this kind of take where they've just soured on him I, I don't know I'm, I'm fascinated well by
1: I think Cam's the ultimate front runner I think you know when when things are really good I think he plays well and if he's not playing well you know I think the energy just seems to be bad uh, around the team and maybe this his contemporaries don't feel he's that good he had that one season in 2015. You know, we he had the MVP season, but everything kind of went right. He was a bowling ball, uh, running the football. The defense was just incredible. So I think maybe his contemporaries don't think he's as good as advertised.
0: You I know, maybe th- they think he Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think he's good, but I think he probably gives off the impression that he thinks he's better than he actually is. And some of the stuff I've heard was there with Benjamin. There might have been some jealousy with the, his relationship with Jameis Winston. That's who worked out. That's who he worked out with in the off season, saying that it was his quarterback when he when he was playing for when he was playing with Cam Newton and them. So I get that there's there's that, and he can be a front runner. It's just fascinating to me that it, it seems to be a reoccurring theme.
1: I would say in Cam's defense, Kelvin Benjamin really doesn't have a leg to stand on at that argument because no. any success that Kelvin Benjamin has had in his league has come from Cam Newton.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, who do you like of these other teams, uh, Panthers or Falcons, if you had to pick one? Not saying both pick... made the playoffs last year, but or the Pacs are yeah. right now.
1: If I had to pick one, I think I would lean towards the Panthers, but I think it's, it's by a slim margin. Like you said, Julio Jones is not happy. And I think that has a lot to do with things. I think if he was, and I think that if that team was clicking, especially the Falcons drafted Calvin Ridley correct, I think that could be huge uh, if everyone's clicking. But I just don't know if that's going to happen. So I think I would go with the Panthers, but it's going to be interesting.
0: Last division, Ryan, the NFC West is it the most open-and-shut division that we've done so far, with all due respect to the Patriots? I I, mean, it's, I, I, The Rams are clearly going to win this division, right?
1: I think so. I think they're clearly going to win this division. I, I don't see really anything stopping that unless pe- people just get injured.
0: Will they be the meanest team in the NFL next year?
1: I don't know if they'll necessarily be the meanest team, but I think they'll be the most volatile for sure i think if they can harness that energy to all get along with each other you better not get in a fight because they're they're six guys you know to get to give an nba uh, analogy who are the first ones to get up off the bench when something happens and to leave to peters these guys are all willing to kind of get choppy uh with it so i think that's going to be interesting. I don't know if they'll necessarily be the meanest team, but you just don't get in a fight
0: with them. No. uh, And I think Wade Phillips is the perfect person to to try to harness that energy on the defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. They got got their guys paid. There's none of that issue going in with Aaron Donald and what he can do and drawing double teams. Sue will never experience as many free rushes as he's ever experienced in his life working with him.
1: was was like, that was my
0: exact point. Defense is going to be scary. Gurley, this is a Super Bowl contending team. They have all the pieces. Can Goff make the throws? Can, they, can their wideouts get separation? We're, I feel like we're kind of nitpicking a little bit. Their line's a little young, but this is a very good team. As far as the other teams in this division, I, I want to make some points before I turn it over to you. The, the Niners are everybody's darling. I don't know. I know. I believe in Jimmy G. You know that. You know I was a believer before he even showed out. The, the skill players around him were not very good last year. They're a little better this year. The McKinnon injury sucks, but I do think there's a little hype that might not be lived up to for the Niners. Mm-hmm. Eight and eight, nine wins or so is what I see from them. I think the Cardinals with Rosen might be something to win a few games, but not a whole lot, and I think the Seahawks are going to be terrible. Sorry to Russell Wilson, it's going to be a wasted season because I don't know what, what they're drafting. They drafted a running back in the first round with the, one of the worst offensive lines and all their defensive guys either retiring or holding out. I just think they did themselves a disservice in the offseason and it's going to cost them. So, Reds, so Seahawks, Cardinals, Ryan, not very good. Niners, okay. Rams rolling. That's how I see in the NFC West.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. And, you know, it'll be a shame because I don't think the Seahawks are going to be very, very good either. But I think Russell Wilson could light it up just because he's going to be put in positions where he's going to have to improvise. We'll see Josh Rosen at some point just because I don't think Sam, Bra- Sam Bradford will stay upright. <laughs> that's uh, not so, take. <laughs> so, no, not at all. So that'll be interesting. And I think along with Tampa Bay and Miami, they could be picking around number one next year, too.
0: Niners are the team I'm following just because there's a lot of hype as I mentioned. But Well there's a lot happen. of hype. I mean, they're playing teams that that are gonna look for them now, and they're playing teams in what they hope will be meaningful games. As a Browns fan, I've seen a lot of winning streaks at the end of the year when you were out of playoff contention. Doesn't translate mm-hmm. into next season success.
1: It doesn't. And there's tape on Jimmy Garoppolo as a starter in Kyle Shanahan's system now. So you know, teams will have had a chance to study them, and when I don't know who they play for the opener, but they won't be taking anybody by surprise.
0: No, they won't. But I do, and I just want to just want to reinforce. I believe Jimmy G is going to be a standout star quarterback in this league. I and do I too. Think you need more than that, and you need to really develop around the team. And then I just don't know that they're there yet. But
1: yeah, we'll he's see. no Matt Flint. That, that's what I'm
0: saying. <laughs> no, Matt, Flynn, Matt Flynn's not, winning those, not even winning those games at the NFC. Yeah, season. yeah. All right, Ryan. Money Mitch Effect, time to make those picks. It's been bad. It's been bad for me. I've had just terrible picks the last two years, not even close to making it to the Super Bowl. But all right. AFC, NFC, six teams each. Who do you got?
1: All right. So New England's obvious. So you got the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the Jaguars and the Chiefs. My two wild cards will be the Texans and...
0: <laughs> I can tell I'm you, gonna you try trying not to pick a certain team.
1: I'm going to go with the Broncos. Okay,
0: yeah, okay. Okay. Case game gets them back. That's respectable. Now the NFC?
1: Okay, so flip over to the NFC. I'm going to go Philadelphia, Minnesota, New Orleans, Los Angeles. And then my wild cards will be um, the Giants. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And the I think the Giants are going to win 10 games. Oh, wow. And I'm going to go with Atlanta. Okay.
0: All right. Let's see. My AFC teams are Pats, begrudgingly the Steelers, the Jaguars, the Chargers winning the West, okay. the Wild wildcard teams being the – Wild card teams being, I'll still go with the tight, Nah, yeah, I'll still go with the Titans to get in, and I'll say the Chiefs get that other wild card team, wild card spot. Okay. Texans are really up and down for me, but I'll I'll go consistency with the Titans to get back to the playoffs. There, the NFC, I'm going with the. We all we had the same, we had the same divisional winners: Eagles, okay. Vikings, Saints, Rams. My wild cards though are the. Panthers and the Packers. Okay, I Aaron Rodgers gets in, and I like Carolina a little bit more than I do Atlanta. All right,
1: okay. Super and Bowl I, picks. I don't think, and I think Green Bay not to make the playoffs yeah. if you
0: don't. I know. I, I noticed that, it. and it's not. It, it could very well happen. I mean, yeah, right. NFC's loaded.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. So I can't even. I can't be biased here. Super Bowl picks: Minnesota, New England, and I think. I'm gonna
0: say New England wins. Wow, 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 wow! Um, I think it's surprising because I do think there's issues with the Pats that might not get exposed till the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just to see them lose another Super Bowl would be kind of sh- kind of shocking. But Minnesota, that's that's a good pick. I like to live dangerously on this show, as you know. It usually blows up in my face. I'm gonna say the Super Bowl will be Saints and Chargers. Saints winning. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, imagine that. Okay. Breeze versus R- Rivers. Breeze Rivers. How wow. Well, <laughs> How about that? Saints are my Super Bowl team. I don't think that's an unrealistic team, and I do think the AFC is kind of wide open. If the Chargers yeah, can exactly. rip that Band-Aid off and get to the playoffs and get some momentum, we'll see. I, I also do think, though, Ryan, that you are going to get into a situation with these teams where uh-huh. if this was happening in real time knowing you and knowing what you think about some of the quarterbacks like Blake Bortles, yeah. You'd be like, why couldn't the Chargers just beat the Jags? <laughs> you, know, you would Rivers think, yeah. Or, you know, so I think there's some value to that as well. Uh, I think it's a wide-open year, and I think Chargers-Saints would be a good Super Bowl matchup. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Two guys, that'd be one of the oldest QB matchups in the Super Bowl. It team. would be. So oh, we'll see. Anything else left you want to, to bring up? Any bold predictions before we wrap this up about the NFL season?
1: So I think... Defensive Rookie of the Year is going to be Roquan Smith. Offensive Rookie of the Year is going to be Saquon Barkley. I think Drew Brees will probably win MVP. And Pat Shermer wins Coach of the Year.
0: (laughs) Interesting. I I, I would say... Barkley's safe. The only guy that I think could win it from him would be Darnold if he has a good year starting all 16 for the Jets, given the fact uh-huh. that we see quarterbacks get valued more, like Dak winning it over Zeke that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'd be the only one to look at there. Um, I'll, I'll say this. We, we, we gave the Dolphins a hard time. Mike Fitzpatrick could win defensive rookie of the year. He Patrick. could. He you could. Know, and, and your boy Bradley Chubb as well is going to be in the hunt too. So... It's going, to be, it's going to be very fascinating there. Uh, but I'll say this, and I'll sign off on this, Ryan. Another thing that I read today. Did you know that eight of the 32 backup quarterbacks in the NFL, one-fourth of the week, were former Browns?
1: Wow. So, so that's wow. uh,
0: your little nugget of the day. To... And, and, and here's, and you know,
1: I got two more. Uh, I got one more nugget for you. Two of probably the top two quarterbacks in the next five years should have been on the Browns. And that's Winston
0: Watson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Oh well, it is. What it is. That's, that's going to bring me down today. But no, Ryan, this is fun. Thanks again for coming on the show. We'll be man, happy to soon. do it. And uh, yeah, we'll be monitoring these NFL picks. Thanks for coming on the Money Machine.
1: Of course, man. Thank you.
0: Huge thanks to Ryan Souls for coming on today's episode. Huge thanks to Brian Nels for supplying the logo and Tim Adams for supplying the music for this podcast. You can check out every episode of the Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search it in. It comes right up. And check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page, along with the fact that I'm on Twitter at Money Mitch M21. Hope you enjoyed this episode and hope you really enjoyed the start of something last week that's going to continue weekly, the Run for your money. A run for your money gambling show. College football edition. We're going to talk about some other things as well, but it was a great start for the squad, Matt Gothard and Cat Brown. A lot of good picks, some bad ones, but that's to be expected. But it was a great start there. Check us out every Friday as well during the college football season. I am Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Until next time, keep enjoying sports, and thank you for listening.